So the name of this mini podcast, I guess you could call it, is Entertainments. And that comes from Graham Greene. I had uh, first heard of Greene while I was reading an obituary for um, Harry Cruz, the Floridian sort of noir uh, writer in the all um, dearly departed uh, all website. Um, And in it, Cruz said that... um, the interview, The Affair, was his favorite novel. And Cruz was such a weird, insane person that I was intrigued by the idea of this, this sort of novel from a very sort of straight-laced, very respected um, British, English, whatever you would call him, writer. Um, that intrigued me um, because Cruz is such a character. Um, and, and Green wrote rather serious Catholic novels, um, but he's more popular for his genre work. Um, and he called his genre work, his genre novels, um, entertainments, um, because they were sort of, for him, I guess, sort of a, a sidebar. I, I'm reading The End of the Affair right now, and it is just fucking excellent. Um, it's funny, one of my teachers, Ben Whitmer, um, talks about like when people talk about noir, they're usually referring to post-war spy and crime film, like you know Casablanca and, and all the the Bogart um, classics. Um, and and Green did write, um, Graham Green did write a number of those. Um, most famously, probably wrote the screenplay to The Third Man. Um, but the noir tradition in literature um, finds itself sort of opposite to film noir in a lot of ways. Um, film noir tends to be about spies and detectives, but literary noir is almost always about the patsies and the criminals who would be sort of the margins or supporting players in film noir. Um, so it, film, film noir versus literary noir is this sort of thing that not a lot of people really articulate. Um, Dennis Lehane called sort of the literary noir tradition as a, um, he called it working class tragedy. Um, sort of this idea that classical Greek tragedy had gods and heroes falling from mountains into the sea. But in this, this tradition of, of modern working class tragedy, it's poor men falling from the curb into the gutter. So it's about people whose livelihoods are so fragile that one little thing going wrong can just completely scuttle their lives. So what we're saying is that literary noir is about the experience of extreme precarity. And in that sense, it might be the kind of fiction that is most attuned to the times we live in under this fucking fascist regime um, and the the rollbacks of the social safety net that we we find ourselves in. So so coming back to to Green and his novel, um, The End of the Affair is one of his more sort of, you know, quote-unquote, serious Catholic novels, I think was the, the fourth in his sort of quadrilogy. Um, but it does track uh, with noir in the literary sense, in a way. It's, it's, it's not class-conscious the way the contemporary noir lit is, but much of it is set in war-torn London, so there is a feeling of precarity and desperation that underlies the wrecked love affair um, sort of at the center of the story. Um, it takes place during... or there's portions of the novel takes place during the Blitz. 
Um, so the bomb's going off and the fear of death is everywhere. Um, so emotionally, there's this tenor to it that um, aligns it with a literary noir tradition, even as it is more of you know, what we would call these days a, you know, a pretty orthodox literary fiction book about you know, the trials of, of love and jealousy. Um, and it's, you know, it's so full of jealousy and anger. Um, but Green is such a good writer, um, and it goes down really very easily. Um, so anyway, that's the name. Entertainments. Um, just something I kind of picked out of a hat, but uh, I am slowly making my way through the end of the affair, and I am loving every minute of it. So as an addendum to this episode, um, I talked a little bit about film noir, but I didn't really touch so much on literary noir aside from sort of describing in broader strokes what it is. Um, I don't think a lot of Americans particularly are, are very um, familiar with it. My uh, uh, The teacher that I um, referenced earlier, uh, Ben Whitmer, um, he has a pretty strong career in France, but not in the U.S., and he says that's because um, Americans are sort of programmed to um, prefer likable characters and happy endings. Um, and I disagree with him on that, um, on that front, um, but those are sort of the stock and trade of literary noir. And so you see um, literary noir out there. It's just not really recognized as part of this tradition. Probably the, the writer that most people are, most people probably would have heard of is Gillian Flynn, um, or Gillian Flynn, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Um, but um, a lot of her work is maybe less class conscious, but definitely more gender, um, gender based. Uh, but her protagonists in particular, um, and their different kinds of precarity um, and their flaws are very much in this sort of noir tradition. And um, the other name probably would be, um, let's see what his name is, is Daniel Woodrell, um, who wrote the book um, Winter's Bone, um, which became a pretty popular um, movie in 2010 um, and is classic, like textbook literary noir as adapted for the screen. Um, but anyway, those are just a couple of examples. Um, you can reach out to me if you want more. My, my teacher, Ben, ben Whitmer, he had his, uh, his book, uh, Pike, a couple of years ago come out. I think it was his first, actually his, his most recent one is, um, is called Cry Father. And uh, if you look it up on Amazon, it's um, listed in the name as a book club pick, which I feel has got to be some sort of, you know, in joke because he always says that uh, that noir, because of its, you know, unlikable characters and unhappy endings, is basically perfectly tooled to put off um, book club culture, which drives in a lot of ways um, the consumer book culture in America as it is now. Anyway, that's just. Uh, that's just one thing I wanted to, to put out there. Um, hope you enjoyed it.